how long do you bet a trend? Do you bet the trend until it comes to a screeching halt? Or do you say, okay, eventually all trends come to an end? Because mm -hmm. I'm looking at this Pacers game. The Pacers are 14 <laughs> yeah. and one to the over. It's ridiculous. Some of these games have been comically high scoring. Like you look at these final scores, 136 to 113, 131 to 132, 157 to 152. So, Jenks, would you ever be brave enough to bet an under on a team that has been this scorching hot to the over? No. No, I would not. <laughs> no way. They've been unbelievable. You just got to ride this out. You have to ride it out. The Pacers are crazy because they play no defense, but they're also number one in the NBA in pace of play. So that's the reason why mm -hmm. they just the keep crushing it. Yeah, they – oh, good job. <laughs> they are the Pacers. They're living up to their name, right? That's what they do. Yeah, I, I would be on the Pacers. I am on the Pacers over tonight. I believe what total is 240 and a hook if my memory serves. So, yeah, I mm -hmm. would be on the over until I see otherwise, particularly because it's not a fluke. It's – this is just the way they play basketball. And I – are you going to be on your Tyrese Halliburton prop? I don't think so. Um, I would need to see the number because I do believe that the books are finally starting to catch up and yeah. the numbers are usually pretty high for Tyrese Halliburton. And I'm wondering, there is blowout potential. Mm -hmm. Like props are killed by blowouts and the, the trailblazers are coming off a of back-to-back. It's a team that sometimes has trouble scoring, which usually the cure for that is facing the Pacers. Right. Uh, but still, I think that is the sabotage factor. If you're looking at any type of player props in a game that has a 12 and a half point spread, but going back to trends, mm -hmm. do you think that you should bet on games because of the trends or are you somebody who says, okay, trends don't always project what's coming next. It's just what's been happening. And it's kind of like, you don't, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, no, you're saying because I've gone back and forth with people who say, Trends are not always relevant in sports betting. And they kind of equate it to spinning a roulette wheel mm -hmm. and saying, okay, every other spin that you've had in the past 15 spins right. has no impact on your 16th spin. But I think if you can find a reason for why this trend has been so profitable, mm -hmm. that's when you can actually play a trend and say, okay, if you have a, a lot of ammo into saying why this trend has been happening, that's when you can start saying this trend is predictive as opposed to just something that's random. I think what you have to do is, is you look at the trend. Tonight's Monday Night Football game is a perfect example, right? And I was mentioning this earlier mm -hmm. where I believe that the Vikings are 7-2 and two against the number in their last nine. They're 5-1 and one against the Bears. They're 4-1 against the number in their last five games against the Bears. However... That trend came with Kirk Cousins at quarterback and Justin Jefferson in the lineup. So all of a sudden, that trend is, okay, maybe there's something to it. But for the most part, it's null and void because you have such crucial pieces who aren't going to be a part of tonight's game. So if you like a trend, great. But look at the underlying factors and make sure that you can still make a case for it. And I don't mean, oh, well, oh, the Pacers are 14-1 of the over. I'm going over. Okay, great. 
But who are they playing tonight? Are they playing the defensive, the best defensive team in the NBA? Are there any key players out? What has changed since that trend held versus tonight? And you take all of that information in and you say, okay, yes, it still lines up. Then you go for it. But you have to be careful with trends because things can and do change. And then also, Chelsea, as we know, Vegas always adjusts to the number. Right, and I think that's what makes me nervous about the over in this Pacers game is that 240, like, for a normal NBA game, it sounds high. Right. But it sounds really low for Pacers games. It does. Where one side of the equation, one team alone, has been scoring close to 140 uh, 140 points. So it just feels comically low to me. So maybe this is the night when the trend goes the other direction. And I do think the sabotage factor is that Portland – is only averaging 104 points per game. This is not a team that's really offensively uh, great, especially Anthony Simon still out, Robert Williams out for the season. So not one of the best teams in the NBA. We know this, but what about the spread here? Because we kind of touched on this with the Vikings that you want to bet on them in certain situations, say when they're getting points, Mm -hmm. but when they're favorites, it's a little different. And this is the biggest number that the Pacers have laid all season long. They're 12 and a half point favorites. And I'm looking back to some of these instances where they've been big favorites. They haven't been necessarily good. They were 10 point favorites against San Antonio. Didn't cover that number despite winning. Uh, And then they had an outright loss to the Magic as eight and a half point favorites there. So back to this Pacers and Blazers game, which I know is not the landmark game of the slate. Right. But do you have a feeling on a spread here, or would you just go with the total? I would just go with the total. These numbers in the NBA, and I understand why, right, because the Blazers are so bad, but it's such mm-hmm. a big number. And this is when when I see a huge number like this in the NBA, it might be the right side. We could absolutely see a blot. There's no question about it. Blazers are one of the worst teams in the NBA. Pacers are at home. They play at a high pace. But also, the Pacers don't play any defense. So, If you're going to run someone out of the gym, okay, great. Play at a high pace, overs keep hitting. But at the same time, if you also don't play any defense, you could win by 10 and the over could still hit. So I don't feel very comfortable laying a number this big with a team that isn't very good defensively. So I would still say the over is the play. Yeah, I think that is the better play of the two. And the one that the trends are pointing to the over 241 and a half in the Pacers and the Blazers. Next up, let's look at the Lakers and the Sixers. We've got Philadelphia laying four and a half here, total of 231 and a half. And this is the landmark or the the roadblock that we run into when trying to handicap a lot of these games. We are seeing a lot of big names on the injury report. Mm -hmm. Uh, Right now we have some big question marks for the Lakers. Anthony Davis looks like he's probable for tonight's game against the Sixers, LeBron James questionable and Cam Reddish is questionable as well. Uh, so when you see the big names on the injury report, is this an immediate no play for you? Or do you say, okay, maybe there's some value to be had. Maybe you can try to guess who's actually playing and play one side of the equation. I, ooh, I think I like the Sixers here, honestly. I think I like the Sixers here. And they've been now they haven't been great against the number recently. I do need to point that out, but they have been one of the better teams in all of 
just in all of the NBA against the number, particularly at home. Mm -hmm. So when I see this is one of those things, this is why I hate betting on the NBA. I know I sound so curmudgeonly here or curmudgeonous. What's the right way to put that word? I forget. <laughs> Regardless, like such an old man, but it's just because when you see LeBron James as questionable for the Lakers, it's like, all right, he'll probably play. But do I really want to bet on this game if I'm looking at the Lakers with LeBron maybe out? And this is opened at four and a half. Now it's sitting at five and a half. So we're seeing money come in on the 76ers. I'd go Sixers here. I think I would as well, especially because it's a Monday after Thanksgiving. Doesn't feel like a huge matchup for the Lakers. I mean, it should be. Sixers are one of the best teams in the NBA. But I'm not sure if the urgency is there for LeBron and company. And plus, the Sixers are just a good team. Uh, Joel Mm -hmm. Embiid has been really good in his matchups against the Lakers over the course of his career, averaging over 31 points, nine rebounds, and four point seven assists and at least 30 points in each of the last three matchups so clearly this is somebody who plays really well against the lakers so i think that the sixers would be the play if i had to play something in that matchup the other games that we're looking at we've got nuggets clippers and pelicans jazz jenks either of these games pique your interest yes i like the clippers tonight which i cannot believe i'm saying because i cannot stand james harden (laughs) at all But I will give them credit. It started off, that whole experiment, that whole trade, as a total disaster. But right now, this open at Clippers minus 4.5. Now it's sitting at, what, Clippers minus 5.5. I got the Clippers this morning at 4 and a hook. And it's just because the Nuggets are still, they're waiting to get healthy because Jamal Murray is out of the lineup. And then, not only that, the trends just are not pointing in their favor. And I think it's because Jamal Murray is out. Denver is 1-8 and eight against the spread on the road this season. And also, as bad as the Clippers started with the James Harden era in L.A., they've won four of their last five, so they're starting to play better basketball, and they're getting a Nuggets team, and it's just been so bad on the road. I would lay the points with the Clippers. I thought something was wrong with my computer when I saw the line on this game. I said, is Nikola Jokic no longer <laughs> on the team? Because this is jarring to see. This is the first time that the Nuggets have been underdogs all season long. And it's to the Clippers. So at some point, if this number keeps climbing, I think I'm going to have to be on Denver. Because this is a team that still has some depth. Like, there's a reason they won a championship. It's because they have a lot of good players on this team. And I know that they lost some of the pieces uh, of last year's championship team that gave them that depth to win a ring. But still... At what point does the number get too big for you here? I will say that the Clippers have been good as favorites this year, seven and four. But if we're getting into the territory of like, you know, a three possession game, I think I've got to be on Denver. I just can't do it. Aaron Gordon could also be out again tonight. I know it seems crazy. What's going to happen, what I feel like will happen in this game is that I would like a Nuggets player prop maybe on Nikola Jokic. I think he'll go off. They won't have an answer for him. But I don't think the Nuggets are going to have an answer for the quickness and the way that the Clippers play the game from the outside. As long as the Clippers shoot well, I think they cover this number. But I'm not necessarily interested in playing it. I do like it. 